Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I've got my friend Daniel Franco of Burnt Timber Outfitters, born and raised Heber, Arizona. Daniel, how are you doing? Doing great, man. It's always great to talk to you. We are about a week away from the draw deadline for applications for Arizona deer next Tuesday, I believe June 6th. And I wanted to call and get conditions up there in your country, up in the rim country, 3C, 4B, that country up there. Um, how are things looking? Uh, you know, it's looking pretty good, actually. We, we had a pretty good winter, had quite a, quite a bit of winter moisture. Um, not a ton of snow, but enough to just kind of keep it going. Uh, the north face of, of basically 3C, all that along the rim country, it held quite a bit of snow. We had, uh, shoot, we had quite a bit of snow uh, in the higher elevations, uh, even like around Forest Lakes. They were, they 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 got hammered with snow this year, which was which was great. Um, it started to melt off and and kind of do as it normally does, and of course then the winds kick up and started to dry everything out. But we we actually just had about a week of of kind of unusual. Uh, late May moisture that uh, that hit us. We had about a week of of little rainstorms just here and there that kind of came through, and and it was it was awesome. It's something we haven't had in quite a while. It almost almost seemed a little bit monsoonal there for a while, but uh, got some rain on the ground and uh, grass is greening up, and and yeah, it looks looks really really good. Okay, let me ask you a question. Obviously, we're talking deer, but we have elk coming up. Um, was it one of these winters where it stayed cold quite a bit and it, it's actually taken it a long time to green up or no, you would say the opposite that it melted off and, and greened up good and early because, you know, as, as you know, Daniel, but maybe some of the people listening don't, if, if it stays real cold and it doesn't green up, they don't get started right out on green feed right away. I'm curious your thoughts, um, with the green up and the timing. You know, I think the timing was good. Um, it did stay cold, um, kind of coming through February and into that first probably couple of weeks of March. Um, but by the by the second week of April, I mean, we were already starting to see quite a bit of green grass coming up. Um, you know, you could be driving through the woods and, and, and start to see green patches. So I think it was very timely. It did stay cooler. In fact, to be honest, it, it has stayed kind of cooler clear up you know through this this uh first part even to the middle part of of may um it was i mean we were kind of getting a couple little freezes and, and getting down into the to the low 30s even even into the the first couple of weeks of may so but even with that said it, it really started to to green up uh, i think it was timing i think it timing was perfect um and now it's yeah it's just with that little bit of um rains that we got there in may it, it really took off and, and looks phenomenal right now so okay let's talk three seed deer you guys have an archery hunt um you have a rifle hunt i believe they got rid of the youth hunt um three c you know for a handful of years was really kicking out and producing some really good deer you know, pushing 200, I know you guys shot some that are around the 200, just over 200 inch type deer. Um, and that's phenomenal. My question is where, you know, where are we at right now with the forecast and what you think, 
in that cycle um, you know of 200 inch deer is 3c still there um, is it is it down a little bit is it up a little bit where are we at well so first of all I, I just I I'm one of those guys that I mean I just don't think that 3c has ever been labeled as a as a 200 inch deer type of unit I mean I think genetically typically we just don't produce those those types of bucks that often um i mean yeah there's there's the needle in the haystack and there's the uh there's the exception to the rule that that has that has hit the dirt here and there um but typically i mean i just don't think we're a a, a 200 inch producing unit here in, in 3a3c um with that said we we have killed some we've seen some um and and it seems like you know, every every year or two, there's a there's a 200 to 205, even even up to 210 that that um, you know hits hits the dirt and and you know kind of kind of surprises us. But I, I think overall, in in genetically, um, I mean, would it surprise me if a 200 inch deer was killed this year in 3C? No. Um, do I anticipate there being a 200 inch deer? There could be, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's not. So, um, I think, you know, just typically we, we produce those, you know, 180 to, to 190 inch type bucks. That's typically kind of our, our top end with the, with the occasional exception of, of something, uh, jumping up into the 200 inch mark. If they were to cut the tags in half, do you think there would be a lot more 200 inch deer? I mean, is it a function of just there's just a just a smidge too many deer being killed, or is it truly a genetic issue? Uh, I think it's a little of both. Um, I think if they did cut the tags, it would definitely help. I mean, the the, the biggest key, um, in my opinion, would be just getting you know the age class, um, and, and they they're trying to manage three a three c as an alternative management unit um, and, and trying to target those older age class deer. But inevitably, I mean, we, we get young bucks that are, you know, in that 160 to 170 inch range that are three-year-olds and, and they stand by the road and they get whacked. And I think that bucks like that, if they had another year or two or three, that potentially they, they they could reach that um, if, if they had the right genetics. Um, so I think I think it's a little of both. I think genetically, we just typically don't produce those types of deer. On the flip side, I think if we were to let some of these other bucks grow up and actually get the age class on them that they need to reach reach their maximum potential, then then yeah, we probably could see a few more two hundred inch deer. Let's talk about the archery first. Um, they're in three A three C, very limited tags. Um, what's someone's expectations? Uh, obviously, if you've got someone like you that's you know born and raised there and knows you know knows where to go, but let's let's talk to the guy that maybe doesn't know it very well. What what are the, his expectations or her expectations for that hunt? Right. So I know we've talked about this in the past, and I think even on previous podcasts I've discussed this. Um, so the three A three C archery uh, this year has sixty five tags. Um, so very limited number of tags. Um, the biggest problem with the 3A3C archery hunt is because our deer are on kind of that southern Arizona cycle as far as 
um, when they shed, when they start to grow, when they rub, and when they rut. Um, the archery hunt typically is 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 a little bit early in their in their growing stage. A lot of the bucks are still growing, um, still packing it on during the archery hunt, and potentially can pack on another five to ten to you know who knows how many inches after uh, the archery hunt has has even started to wind down. So a lot of the bucks that that are are hunted and get killed and harvested during that archery hunt are a little bit underdeveloped they're still growing they're still balled up pretty good um some aren't some are some are further along it seems like than others but i would say as a as an overall average uh the consensus is that a lot of the bucks are are still growing um our you know the archery hunt starts the that third week of of august runs through the i think this year it ends on the 14th of september we won't start to see uh, most of our three C bucks start to rub until the very end of September, even up through the first week of October. So because of that, they're, they're a little undergrown. So you kind of have to take that into consideration when you're, you know, talking about size and, and growth and whatnot. But, but typically I still think that, uh, that a guy can, if he, if he hunts hard, uh, does the scouting, I, I think you can find a 180 inch, uh, type buck and, and, and harvest him if if everything goes right okay uh and then talk about the rifle hunt the dates timing your thoughts for this season so the rifle hunt uh the october rifle hunt so they have an october and a december um but pretty much the october so it's got a hundred tags um and that's the one that we've we've had the best luck on uh it's a hunt that we absolutely love um, it starts the last week of October, runs for 10 days. Um, it's it's in no way, shape, or form a rut hunt or even a pre-rut. All the bucks are still in their summer pattern. All the bucks are, are still together, um, which to us is is better. Um, you, you don't have bucks traveling and stuff like, like you would on a pre-rut hunt, but they're easier to locate, you know, with – with some summer scouting and, and early fall scouting, typically we can get right back in there, find the bucks that we're looking for, um, and then it's just a matter of closing the closing the gap and, and getting them shot. So um, great hunt. We've had, like I said, we've had phenomenal success on that hunt. Um, we absolutely love it. Um, it's, yeah, it's a great hunt. What about the December? So the December hunt, you know, it, it's it's kind of that wild card, and I'll be honest, they've only done it for two years, and we're still kind of waiting to see if 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 it is everything that it's cracked up to be, or or if it's just kind of. I mean, they should be running, not shouldn't quite they? there. Well, yes, and typically, what we've seen the last two years is they will start to rut there around that the middle of December, uh, and typically about the start of the hunt. Um, but it, it still seems like the the bigger, uh, more mature bucks that that we're that we're that we know about, but we're just not getting killed in October, should be showing up and running around, you know, just rut crazed and and out of their minds and doing stupid stuff. But we we've still kind of yet to see that in the last two years. Um, so it's it's kind of one of those where. It's an absolute fun hunt. It's a it's a great hunt for seeing lots of deer, for seeing lots of bucks. Um, but as far as quality, 
it just seems like it's it's missing something on that quality end. Whether whether those bucks just aren't there, whether we're losing some to the reservation because of the the snows um, or whatever the case, but it's still a great hunt. I mean, absolutely no problem in in going out and killing an upper you know 170s to to mid 180s buck on that December hunt. Just a just a super fun hunt. Lots of action, lots of deer, uh, but only ten tags. So that uh, that also, I'm sure, plays into to uh, how fun and exciting that hunt can be with just very very little hunting pressure. Do some of those deer leave? Because it sounds like the caliber of deer you're hunting on the earlier rifle hunt is about the same as December hunt, which would tell me that some of those bucks maybe drop off and go to the res and go rut down there. Yes. Yeah. So we've Yes, we've had better success on the October hunt um, than than what we've seen on the December hunt. Um, to be honest, a lot of the bucks that we've seen get killed in December are bucks that we've passed in October and either wanted them to get another year on them or, or, or whatever, and, and they end up getting harvested in the December hunt. But a lot of the bucks, from what we've noticed over the years, a lot of bucks that are in that higher elevation, anything in that 7,000 feet or higher, as soon as we start to get snow, and especially because that the whole uh, north side of the of basically the 300 road is all north facing, so as soon as it snows, that snow stays there, and it doesn't melt. And those those deer just don't like it. It's cold on their feet. They're they're pretty thin skinned. I know a lot of people think oh mule deer love the snow and and they want to be right in the middle of it in a blizzard, but from what we've seen, they they do not like to be in that snow. Um, so they'll either some will move down, but we do lose quite a few deer to the the Fort Apache Indian Reservation. As soon as you top over the rim, now everything is south facing, and the snow's melting off quicker. It's warmer. They're in the sun, and and they they tend to head head south and and get warm versus versus sitting in the cold. So, okay. Um, any of those other hunts around there, you know, four A, four B, one. 3A, any of those mule deer hunts worth a rip at all? There's, I mean, there's just very, very limited pockets in a lot of those. Um, one's, one's still doing okay, um, but as far as a, a, a general consensus of the unit and just the unit size, um, the quality is just, just not there. Yeah. Um, but you can find little pockets, same with, same with 4B, same with, you know, even 3A. There's there are some some pretty small pockets that that you can find some some really good bucks in. Um, there's a little bit of private that that's producing some some really good bucks. So uh, it just it just depends. There's there's not a lot, but there are some very small pockets that that are still producing some pretty big bucks. It's about time for you to draw another strip tag, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Huh? I don't think so. You got you to put in for it before you can draw it, don't you? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, like it's about time for you to draw a strip tag. Yeah, it's, I'm closer than I was last year, I think. <laughs> um, uh, I do want to ask you what your thoughts are, since I have you, about elk in 3C this year, and then I'll let you go. Um, what are you anticipating for the archery hunt, and is it muzzleloader or early rifle this year? It's early rifle. What do you, what are you thinking? How how good do you think three C is going to be this year for, for elk? 
I, I think it's going to be great. I mean, just based on the last couple of years, I mean, it's, we've, we've just kind of slowly been building moisture and building feed. Um, this year has been no different. And, and with what we've got going right now, um, it seemed like to me that the bulls maybe shed a little bit earlier this year than, than normal. I don't know if that was because of the moisture, the, the snowpack rains, whatever, I'm not sure, but um, they they started they started to shed and started to grow right at the right at the time when the green grass started to show up. So I think the the, the feed was there. Um, it it was a cold winter, but we didn't. You know, a lot of our elk go to the reservation. They go you know elsewhere. So it's it's not like we they're had browsing on those south facing slopes. You didn't have Ab- that winter kill. Ab- nothing. Absolutely like that. no. Absolutely zero winter kill. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, are they out to their yeah. fourth point? I mean, where, where, what are you seeing? They, right now? Uh, some to their fourth, some even to their, their fifth and main beam. Okay. So already starting to grow back. Good. Um, some, some pretty good bottom ends. Um, and yeah, just green grass now until the time our monsoons start, it's, it, I, I'm anticipating an absolute great year. I don't see any reason. My opinion is if, if the bull has the genetics and he has the age, he's going to grow it this year. There's absolutely no reason to to show any signs of drought or short or anything like that. If it's if he's got the genetics, he's going to grow it. Awesome. Um, want to take just a second here to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, guys. It's Memorial Day uh, sale at, at the GoHunt Gear Shop. Um, go check them out. A lot of stuff's uh, 50% off. Also, if you want to sign up for the Explorer Maps, uh, just do Memorial 50 and you actually get uh, $50. Um, you get 50 back. So in essence, signing up for Explorer Maps right now is free. Um, check out GoHunt.com. Obviously, the Insider's a phenomenal tool there. Um, Kuyu.com, uh, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the ultralight hunting gear that I wear on all of my hunts. Um, go check them out at kuyu.com. Uh, you've got Lathrop and Sons Boot Company if you want to get uh, custom Synergy footbeds. Um, and the Elite, the Encompass, or the Mountain Hunters, check them out at lathropandsons.com. Uh, phonescope.com, use the jscott23 uh, promo code and you get a 10% discount. And I want to thank the sponsors for their sponsorship of this podcast. Daniel, it's always great having you on the podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing your elk stuff this year. Uh, And thanks for telling us about the deer. I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know um, how they can get a hold of you um, or follow you. So why don't you do that now? And um, thanks for coming on. You bet, Jay. So best way is probably our Instagram. That's the one that we we tend to stay up on the most. Um, You can follow us uh, on Instagram at Burnt Timber Outfitters. Uh, We also have our website, www.burnttimberoutfitters.com. And on there, we've got our phone numbers. We've got emails. So if you have questions, you have, uh, you know, want to know, you know, how many points and what to do with your points, uh, feel free to shoot us an email. Feel free to give us a call. We we love to talk hunting. So, you know, shoot us a text, give us a call. They're, it's our cell phones on there for me and Mike. So reach out to us and, and we'll see if we can, we can help you and, and point you in the right direction. 
Hey, try not to light your hair on fire on the 4th of July fireworks. <laughs> you want me to write your name on one to light it off? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Send me a video of it. All right. Daniel gets the pleasure of uh, getting to set off fireworks there for the town. Um, and um, I think he really likes it. I think oh, he's a we, little we, bit of a pyro. If, if... Oh, I'm uh, not a little bit. We're, uh, <laughs> we've got a group of guys. We're all a bunch of crazy maniacs when it comes to 4th of July, but... We are, we are actually the largest hand-lit fireworks show in the state of Arizona. Fantastic. So, yeah, we have, a, we have a great time, that's for sure. Usually the 5th of July, I get some cool videos, so make sure you send them again <laughs> this year. All right, will do. All right, buddy. Take care. God bless, okay? You bet. Thank you, Jay. Bye.